This is Rugger Matrix International, the world's leading independent rugby podcast quoted more than anyone else. It's no wonder that our major partner is Strike, Australia's leading provider of Bluetooth car kits, so you can stay safe in your car and avoid hefty fines. So go hands-free with Strike. Enter the code RUGGERMATRIX and you'll get 10% off. Go to strike.com.au to get your discount. Rugger Matrix also brought to you by mybean.com.au. We sell at roasters' prices. Let's get it on. Hello and welcome to Rugger Matrix International. We're back for a second show of the year 2015 World Cup year. I'm your host, Juro Sen, and he's back. Mark Kabanabar, Pinky Cashcow, Cashman. So my best work was here last year, bro- uh, last week, Bronk, wasn't it? Uh, show 200, had to miss it. So uh, that's the way it goes. But as you say, good to be back. Had a great guest, uh, the one and only, the big cat, Ben Robinson. Uh, not such a great weekend for the Waratahs, but how about the weekend for one of the guys who's really representing the Brumbies for us now? Not so much as a player anymore, but off the field. Uh, the great Pat McCabe, one of the hardest running players I've ever seen in my life. Paddy, thanks for joining us on Rugger Matrix. It's wonderful to have you on. G'day, guys. Thanks very much for having me. My absolute pleasure to see you on the show. Firstly, for those who do not know, Pat McCabe, of course, forced to retire through a couple of neck injuries and uh, last year was a bit of a close call. But Pat, uh, you're back running and, and I guess this is not to make a comeback in rugby, but you know, just to make a comeback in life really, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, I spent uh, three months in a neck brace um, after the All Blacks test in Eden Park and it was obviously a, a pretty pretty long and a pretty down time. But um, yeah, as you say, getting back into running and, and normal things and, and incredibly lucky to to still be doing those things and, and still be here. So it's so very, very thankful. Paddy, let's uh, rip straight into the in, into the footy. Uh, the Brumbies, you must have been impressed with them. Round one, quite a comprehensive victory. Uh, they seemed to be playing with the Reds at different times during that game, weren't they? Yeah, I thought it was outstanding. I thought um, as, as first round goes, it's a it's about as dominant as the performance as I've seen in my time um, at the Brumbies. I thought um, our defence is outstanding. I, I thought our forwards are incredibly dominant. And I thought um, that our backs really, really took all the opportunities that came to them. So um, I thought it was a, a strong performance. Uh, I expect the Reds will, will not play that poorly again. But, but in saying that, it's a, it's a great start for the Brumbies. Yeah, Paddy. So how much was it Brumbies' dominance compared to, you know, Reds being diabolical because they they admitted it as well. In fact, uh, Richard Graham admitted that uh, they just basically didn't turn up. Yeah, I guess it's always a little bit hard to say um, which which created um, created the other. But um, I thought we certainly didn't give them give them a chance to do the things they like to do. We didn't give them any any front football on the forward, so uh, that really stifled any attacking uh, possession that they did have and. Um, then I think just with our, our superior kicking game and, and then the, the attack and, and the breakdown attack that we had, we uh, really made it hard for them. So, um, yeah, I guess it was probably more so us, but, but in saying that, that they um, will have a lot of guys coming back. Paddy, Stephen Larkham's obviously uh, continuing to influence the uh, the evolution of this side, and that was, uh, that was, uh, that was pretty evident there on, uh, on, on the Friday night, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think Bernie uh, naturally has a really attacking mindset and uh, really likes the guys to to chance their arm when when they sniff those opportunities. And I think having now had his tutelage for for three years, I think he feels really comfortable in empowering guys like Nick and Matt when they see opportunities to 
to really just play what they see and, and chance their arm a bit more than we probably did a year or so ago. Yeah, how's Stephen going now? He's a couple of years uh, in the job, and I know when I went down to speak to him when he was uh, given the head coaching role, that maybe it was a you know a year or so too early. Uh, he's now had a bit of time to bet it down. Have you noticed him improve in that role, and how's how's that demeanour? I mean, Bernie's always going to be Bernie and Stephen Larkham, but how is he going in that? Uh, you know, just how, how is he carrying himself as the head coach? Uh, yeah, you know, you know what, Bernie's like Joe's an awkward bloke at the best of times, but he certainly, um, I think, really stepped into that authority role really well. Um, I think he he enjoys having having control um, over the group, and while I'm not um, around them all the time, I think you you really get a sense of confidence which he uh, drives through the guys, and as well giving giving senior players um, enough sort of control over the group to really have their say. So with leaders like Steve Moore and David Pocock in the forwards and uh, then obviously Matt and Whitey in the backs, we're pretty pretty well looked after in that department. Paddy, is uh, uh, Bernie getting you to do some sort of mentoring role with the, with the boys or are you just sort of watching from uh, pretty close quarters? Um, no, so I'm in the, in the commercial team now. So um, I just thought to be involved with the team at all, to be, to be that close and not actually involved in the playing would have been too hard. So um, I've um, yeah, moved, moved into our sort of commercial, um, commercial team, working with this, the sponsorship and marketing guys, just getting a, a bit of a sense of what that's like and uh, experiencing a real job for the first time in my life, which has been a bit of a shock to the system. <laughs> so, so, Pat, just on that, what do you mean would have been too hard? Do you, do you think emotionally it would have been really hard for you to be that close to the team, so raw and so close to what you had to go through in, in, in retiring from the game with the neck injury? Yeah, definitely. I think um, working in the commercial team, it, um, it sounds a strange thing to say, but it allows me to sort of wean myself off the place a little bit. I think I sort of had the option to, to step away and, and not do anything, but I think to to just cut it all of a sudden with it having been such a big part of my life up to this point would have been um, pretty unnatural and, and really tough to, to walk away from that. So in this way, it sort of lets me um, gradually pull away from the place and um, while I still, I guess, miss, miss being out there with the boys, it makes it a lot easier that I'm not, I'm not seeing um, all of the training or, or seeing really the inner sanctum stuff, um, which I'm no longer a part of. Paddy, what, one of the talking points after the game from Friday night was uh, James Hall's performance ended up with a red card in the end. Uh, uh, is Kev trying too hard at this, uh, at this time of the season? You know him well from Wallaby days, obviously. Um. I don't think so. I think it's in any um, competitive player's nature to, to really want to do the best for your team. And I guess when, when your team is struggling, the natural inclination is to try and do a little bit more to um, to get the ball and, and to, to give yourself a bit of a, a head start or, or to get yourself going. So um, I think Kev's an outstanding player and has that real competitive edge. So I think that's probably what you saw coming out more so than trying to do too much. What were your thoughts of Carmichael Hunt? Uh, obviously thrown into the deep end, controlling the game at pivot for the Reds uh, after playing AFL. Uh, he obviously had some pedigree in rugby, uh, but it's, uh, it's been another big transition in a, for a code jumper in Australia. What do you think? Um, I guess it was sort of uh, really hard to get a, a true indication of what he can offer, I think. Um, when your team's on the back foot as a 5'8", it's, it's always going to be really tough to, to stand out and put any sort of stamp um, on the game. So 
Um, I guess the Brumbies were successful in, in stopping him, um, showing what he can do. But uh, seeing some of the footage of, of him against the Crusaders, I think he um, still very much has all those skills he showed um, when he played with the Broncos and just reads the game incredibly well. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do um, with him this week. Paddy, let's uh, let's head up the Hume Highway. The, the Waratahs' performance against the uh, the Western Force. Western Force, I thought, didn't play much footy. Did it very well, and the, and and the Tars looked uh, very very flat. How hard is it with a short turnaround to a Super Rugby season, which the pace is absolutely incredible? How hard is it for these guys to get up with such a short turnaround? And a lot of those Waratah guys were involved in that spring tour. You've gone through that yourself. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of them will probably like the short turnaround. I think um, coming off a, a a poor performance by their high standards, I think they'll be liking the fact that they can get out there and really rectify that so soon. Um, afterwards, obviously, there will be some sore bodies, but um, it just means a, a shorter week um, of training and just to be able to get out there so sooner. Um, I don't think it lets you stew over the game, which you can tend to do if you haven't played as well as you want to do. So. I think, um, if anything, it's a positive thing for the Tars. Uh, Paddy, I was impressed, and uh, tell me if you were, as a Brumby, uh, with the uh, comment from Michael Checker the other day. He was asked about, what about you know coaching the Wallabies uh, later in the years, or he's actually the current Wallaby coach, and coaching the Waratahs. And he said something along the lines of, you know, would, how would you feel? You know, I, I just, uh, to me, to be start talking about other teams at this point, I mean... What does that message send to his own players in particular as he's trying to prepare for a game that week? I mean, it's just not on and he won't be actually talking about anything Wallabies until it comes to the season. I mean, what do you think about that approach? And, and secondly, do you think uh, uh, it's a distraction for the Waratahs more than the other sides in Australia? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I guess it's, it's only those guys who can really get a sense of um, if he's the same coach that he was to them last year, I think. He's a smart enough guy and he's not going to put himself in a position where he can't fully uh, perform the two roles. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a, a tricky balancing act and it'll be interesting to see as the year plays out how some of those potential conflicts of interest are, are dealt with. But um, everything that I've seen of, of Michael Check, I've never been coached by him, but everything I've seen has impressed me and I, um, I'd be surprised if he, he didn't handle it really well, I think. Um, the performance more than anything just showed um, how hard it is to come into the season off such a short um, preparation after a long year last year and um, I don't think the Tars will play play that way this week. Paddy, is, is, is Czech a guy that you would have liked to have been coached by at some stage? Um, yeah, I think so. I, I really like that, uh, that hard approach. Um, I think him and, and Nathan Gray seem like they're a great combination. Um, and um, I, I do like the, the style that the, the team was trying to play uh, over the spring tour. So, yeah, it would have been nice, but uh, not to be. And I'm, I'm happy to watch uh, watch the boys play now. <laughs> so it was a it was a bit of a diabolical performance for the Waratahs. I think they tried to play too much rugby. Look, the tactics of the force are very good. Michael Foley knows. Uh, that uh, good defence and waiting for the turnover ball is successful. It's a, it's a bit like the Crusaders in a way. Might be different skill sets, but um, in the end, uh, I think uh, the Tars would have known what they were heading into in that game, but the Force stuck to their game plan and the Waratahs tried to probably be overplay their hand. I think a question to you, Pat, is you had a fantastic start, the Brumbies, with Game 1. Waratahs not so good in Game 1. 
But as you know, it's not won until way, way down the track. So I guess even though the Brumbies had a spanking start, you've just got to say, okay, okay, it's just game one. We've got a long way to go. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think all the guys realise that. I think we've seen uh, the Crusaders over the past years, the way they sort of build into a season and um, are somewhere down the bottom after after the month and inevitably are, are close to the top by the end. So um, I think the, the Brumbies guys have um, been around long enough that they know that, um, that the Reds wasn't a, a true reflection of, of what that side is and um, that, that we'll need to be... A, better again to, to beat the Chiefs away this week. It's a completely different proposition. Um, the the sounds out of the guys this week was that they were very aware of that and keen to to improve on the things which they, they didn't do as well as they wanted to. Sorry, just going to say, and having said that, uh, your thoughts on the Rebels beating the uh, Crusaders? I mean, it doesn't matter what time of the year, but to beat the Crusaders on their home turf is an amazing effort. Yeah, I think the the Rebels are a, a great side. I think they they showed a lot of their performances last year, the potential that they did have, and uh, they've got a lot of quality there. So I think they'll, um, I think be hopefully a, a more consistent proposition than they've been in the past. I think they've probably been guilty of being up one week and, and down the next. So I think they have are another group like the Brumbies that have been together long enough that they they know each other well and um, will hopefully be able to sort of deliver those consistent performances. Paddy, those results and the ones in South Africa uh, with the uh, some of the bigger dogs going down, the Bulls and the Sharks, uh, points to a very, very even competition. You, you're probably going to need the least amount of points to make the semi-finals in past years. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. Um, my tipping results are absolutely shot on the weekend, so I was pretty angry about those. Um, Did but you pick the Tars or the, think... or the Force? I want to know. <laughs> I was expecting the Tars to win, so oh, they let okay. me down a bit there. Um, but... I think, um, yeah, at the start of last year, it was a really strong um, home team um, winning mould, which I guess we've sort of come to expect with Super Rugby. But I think it's great that teams, Kiwi teams, can, can go to South Africa and win and um, the, the force can travel and win and, and things like that. So, it's yeah, I think it, it always bodes to a good competition when, when any side can beat the other on their day. Uh, I know it's week one. Any trends or... Do you expect any trends to develop this year, World Cup year, where defence has got to be um, absolutely at a premium come the end of the year? As a player, do you think many players are thinking about that or are they just doing the job for their provinces first? Um, yeah, to be honest, I don't think that too many guys would think too far ahead. I think they'd be um, just thinking about performing well um, for, their, for their provinces and, and then they know that things probably... Uh, look after themselves if, if if they themselves and particularly if their team's performing well then then they're going to uh, make up a, a decent portion of the side. Paddy, back back to Canberra um, and and the the effort of uh, David Pocock to get on the field plays such a major role. He, he's an absolute freak, isn't he? Uh, to actually go through two knee, knee reconstructions and all the other bits uh, going on in and around there, whether they're mental or physical, and to come through and have such a dominant performance. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a special player, Dave, and I think um, both both the Brumbies and the Wallabies have, have really missed him over the past couple of years. I think he um, it's just I don't know one of those guys who you just walk a little bit taller when you know he's on the field out there with you, and it's just one of those guys who who you know without even thinking that he's just going to turn up when he needs to and and give you everything he's got. He's um, yeah, really just a classy player and a and a very classy human being. 
Dave, and obviously an absolute physical Adonis as well. So um, I think he'll he'll be right getting back out there after this short layoff again, and um, I think expect to see him hit the ground running again. He's just that sort of guy, and, and just prepares himself so incredibly well. I think it's sad for him as well because he, he ticks every single box um, and leaves no stone unturned. So for him to have these these injuries is a a real blow to him, but um, he'll be he'll be back bigger and better again. Yeah, so how bad is the ankle injury? Um, as far as I know, it's uh, probably a two to, to four week proposition. I think um, that he got through the game isn't isn't necessarily a great indication. It's a bit of a different injury um, than most, but um, I don't think he'll be too far away. I think um, yeah, expect to see him in the next month or so. Uh, can I just ask you a question about David? He's uh... His philosophy in life, he, he draws a lot of attention outside that, but he's a very driven person, passionate person, like cares about the environment and people. And obviously, the so the Brumbies have always got, there's always a story about the footy, but also David Pocock. I mean, he's a pretty honourable sort of guy and, uh, you know, pushing, you know, standing up for what he believes in. I mean, uh, as a group, do you, do you back him on those sorts of things? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's... Um... Any any time you see someone with with really strong values who really stays true um, to those values, you you definitely have a lot of a lot of respect um, for someone like that. Obviously, um, yeah, not everything he does is um, is obviously uh, exactly 100% what what the team necessarily expects. But I think um, in every situation, you've got to just have absolute admiration for the bloke. I think he um, is just so true to what he believes in, and is really driven by those things and. Um, he's certainly a guy which we love to have down here in Canberra. As you've ever seen him in the past two years, Paddy, and you, you've been there in, in and around that camp. Uh, Any time in the past two years, have you seen him go, why am I doing this? Um, I don't know. If he has, it certainly hasn't been around the group, I think. Um, he's someone um, who, I guess with a lot of guys who have serious injuries, you really do try and put on a, a strong face around the group. Um, I'd be surprised if there weren't uh, dark moments where I really sort of thought, why me? And and this and sort of got a bit frustrated with the uh, with the cards that have been dealt to him over the last couple of years. But um, I think he's also um, really just enjoys being in Canberra and and enjoys being a part of such a tight knit community down here. Yeah, the community is fantastic. In the commercial part, I know the game is battling a bit in Australia, but do you see um, enthusiasm for the Brumbies this year down there? I know you, you signed a major sponsor. I think we're supposed to... Uh, call, we can't just say the Brumbies anymore, can we, Pat? No, no, we're, uh, we're the Aquas Brumbies um, down here in Canberra now. So, yeah, I, uh, they... Uh, I'm going to make sure I'm going to put that on the super when it comes up. Yeah, absolutely, please do. Um, <laughs> So they signed on on Tuesday morning, and it was uh, my my duty to race the jerseys to Sydney and get them all printed up for the game. So uh, <laughs> it's sort of jobs I'm doing around, bit of photocopying, bit of bit of coffee making, and, and getting the jerseys printed. Paddy, I think uh, most people who've been to Canberra have uh, savoured some of their services, haven't they? They're uh, they own the casino down there. <laughs> uh, yeah, they do. Yeah, so. No, it's, uh, I think it's a really exciting connection for the Brumbies. I think they've got a huge um, commitment to, to improving the entertainment offering in Canberra. So they're talking about a huge precinct um, around the casino and uh, really committing themselves to the area, which is uh, incredibly exciting for the people who live here.
Yeah, that's good. I didn't know where you're going for a second there, Cash Cow. Have <laughs> been a visitor to Canberra many, yeah. many times. A visitor to Canberra and uh, love everything about it. It's good coffee in Canberra. There's no doubt about it. Apparently, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Can I ask you a couple of questions about? And I know you haven't had a chance to see too many of the games, but you know we're seeing something really wonderful developing in Ireland. And uh, I mentioned on previous shows, Paddy, that. World Cup winning teams show their hand a year or so out. They really dominate all those opponents. Well, one of those teams is Ireland, and they continue to win and win well. Good win against France. When you beat France, it's always a great thing, isn't it? But England are winning as well, and uh, I think that uh, you know Wales are continuing to struggle. A big uh, shock almost against uh, Scotland at the weekend. But the thing is, I think... Um, this uh, game coming up between England and, and Ireland is just going to be one of the all-time classics. When you head to the Northern Hemisphere, it's going to be one hell of a contest, isn't it, for the Southern nations uh, because Ireland and England will be very hard to beat. Uh, France, of course, is always, but Ireland and England in particular, they're going to be t- tough for the Southern Hemisphere sides to beat, Pat. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're going to be a, a real handful. I think if I was um, now to pick my sort of top four for the tournament. I think England and Ireland would be in that top four. I think uh, they do the things which you need to do in, in the Northern Hemisphere extremely well. Their, their set piece is rock solid. Their, their line speed and defence is very strong. They've got a good goal kickers. They, uh, they clear their half extremely well. So, um, yeah, I expect them to be to be right at the pointy end come World Cup time. And, and have been really impressed in the way that they've grown over the last 12 months. I think just some of the line speed that they were producing during the... The Autumn Internationals um, against the Box and Australia was um, as good as I've seen, and I think that's something which um, their attack's going to flow on the back of, and they're going to be a real handful. Totally in the realm of Les Kiss, there you go, defence coach extraordinaire. That's, that's, his, he's a good uh, man, that's his baby. Paddy, uh, on, on the England front, they, they seem to be coming on. They seem to be adding... Uh, a few little arrows to their to their quiver, uh, scoring some good tries uh, in in the back line. Yeah, I think you know that, what it is. They just go down the mic forward. And there can be some more Bath players. They'll do the job. Yes, because they're they're yeah, no, exceptionally yeah. well, yeah, they, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They've uh, they've really developed that. Um, I guess they've always had that sort of rock solid forward pack, but I think they've really added, as you say, just a few weapons to the to the arsenal with. Um, some of the, the pace they've got in the back three and um, sort of Mike Brown's unpredictability at the back and, and things like that. So, no, I think they're, they're also going to be a, a tough proposition. I think they've got what you need to have in the Northern Hemisphere as well as that ability to really win ugly if you need to. And um, they've shown that in some games over the last 12 months. And, and they've also, as you say, scored those good tries. So they, um, they do have that, that twofold aspect to their game, which, which is essential over there, I think. And Paddy, you mentioned Mike Brown there, um, a sickening knockout blow. He was uh, mm. he was virtually asleep. Uh, you know, how important are these concussion protocols now? And you can probably talk a bit more freely now, seeing you're, uh, you're no longer an active player. Yeah, it's obviously extremely important. I think um, all the evidence coming out of uh, the NFL and, and around the world is, um, is pretty scary um, as a... Um, as a recently retired player, and I, and I know for the current players that um, head knocks is something which which gets spoken about, and, and, and is a genuine concern for guys that uh, that they recover from them as well as they possibly can. I think 
Um, in, it seems like they're they're being treated really seriously. I think um, the the protocols are really stringent now, and, and guys really need to go through a, a pretty rigorous process before they're allowed back on the field, which which is exactly what it should be. Yeah, well, we've had some incidents recently in the uh, Six Nations, and so much so that uh, that uh, medical staff have come out uh, quite aggressively, uh, saying uh, that uh, there are too many, uh, I guess. Uh, uh, freelance experts out there making decisions without the, the the hard and fast data that they have with the doctor's cache. So it's been quite uh, heavy in the last few weeks. Yeah, the George North sort of situation sort of bubbled along for for a couple of weeks, and good to see that he was actually stood down and uh, wasn't part of the, uh, the the next round. But it's uh, it's something you know with virtually no no protection in and around that area. You've got to be very careful and. Uh, People's uh, people's health is uh, is a lot more important than any sort of victory on a on a on a test paddock. Absolutely. Uh, can I just go back, uh, Pat, just to uh, Bernie Larkham, Stephen Larkham, the coach? Uh, what what um, what does he want different? Without giving the game plan away, what does he want different uh, out of this side for this season? Because you know, it went went close last year, but just at times fell fell off the edges there. So. I think Stephen would have learned a lot and and the players themselves, but what does he want that will put you across the line this year? Um, I think it is just adding adding a couple of those different things. I think the fundamentals don't change. I think um, clearing your half well when you need to, um, a strong breakdown uh, work ethic and um, strong backfield coverage is, is obviously things which we've prided ourselves on over the last couple of years. I think just having that ability to, to play what's in front of you a little bit more. I think when Jake White first arrived, we were obviously very programmed and people could see that we didn't play rugby out of our half or didn't chance our hand even when the opportunity was there. I think Bernie now trusts the group to, to as I said before, take those opportunities when they do present themselves. And given given Matt and the playmakers a lot of control um, around calling the shots and, and really giving them licence to, to play what's in front of them. You mentioned Jake White there, Paddy, and uh, that was probably... Um probably an era you needed to go through to play the football that you're playing now. Would, would that be a correct assessment? Yeah, definitely. I think it really suited the group of players that we had at the time. I think um, if you look at the squad, um, then at the start of that 2012 season, I think I was the only current Wallaby playing um, in that team. Um, obviously, Steve Morad, um was there as well. But um, it was a really young, sort of fresh-faced group of players who needed that strong direction and um, really sort of uh, benefited from having um, just a really simple but but really controlled plan from the coaches of of what to do in each situation and, and we really didn't didn't stray away from that at all. Um, I think now you look at the squad and, and this Wallabies um, pretty much top to bottom across the whole 15. So there's there's a lot more scope for guys to to trust their feel for what's happening during the game and, and what's going to work in certain situations and and not be so robotic about the way we go about things. It's difficult though, is it? because you, the great Brumbies teams of the past uh, sort of looked like uh, they were playing what was in front of them, but it was all part of a wonderful master plan and you had so many great moves. And I'm sure Stephen brings that in. I guess it's a question, when do you dip in and out of that playing in front of you? Yeah, definitely. I think you need the structures to, to give you those opportunities. I think... Um, probably the Reds on the weekend were, were a good example of how hard it is to attack if you're not going forward um, from your first three phases. So those things do need to be 
to be programmed to be effective. I think it's not just a matter of running out there and doing your best. It's um, having the structures in place that, that then give you the flexibility to take opportunities. Um, and I think we're using those a lot better than we have in the past. Paddy, uh, any regrets about your career? I mean, obviously, it's uh, it's one where you just went hell for leather and put the body on the line. No, definitely not. Um, I I loved absolutely loved every every moment of of playing rugby. Obviously, there was some down times with injuries and an ordinary form here and there that a lot of guys go through. But I um yeah, just feel incredibly fortunate for the career I was able to have. I played with some some great great players, uh, the Brumbies and the Wallabies, and and got to experience a lot of things which I never thought I would. So. Yeah, to walk away having played 24 tests when there's a, a lot of better players than me didn't get to play one, I was really proud of that and, and really thankful for, for I guess, yeah, the, the time I had. And, and I think I got the most out of uh, the limited potential, which I did have. So I, I really am, uh, yeah, content with that. Well, I think you're selling yourself short. Uh, I've said repeatedly that uh, Mark Cashman, that Pat McCabe is the best line runner I've ever seen in the game. And... Uh, I think we miss Pat, and I think missing, and I know you're right here, Patty, but excuse me for talking about you like this, but I think if they played you in uh, in the centres where, where I believe you should have been for a lot longer, we would have got uh, a greater result for Australia. I don't know what you think, Casho. Oh, yeah, very much so. You know, like uh, you need points of difference at different points in the back line. That's, that's something that Paddy, uh, Paddy sort of brought to the game. You know, like he doesn't necessarily have to be selected on the wing to uh, play that role in the middle of the field, really, does he? So uh, that's the modern game now. So Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I, I just, Paddy, I loved your line running. It was just fantastic. I mean, did you find that came naturally when you, um, when you were hitting the, the, the ball that you could find the right angle that just bamboozled the defence. I just really enjoyed it. I mean, even uh, when you came back and, and played in Brisbane uh, last year or so, I thought just some of the great uh, efforts and scoring as well. Uh, thanks, mate. Yeah, I, I think it probably did. I think um, to be a good inside back, I think I needed to develop the other the other part of my game as, as well. And I, I felt like I was starting to do that um, through the Brumbies at the, the start of last year. But... I think the the really good um, inside centers can can do a bit of both, and um, you look at someone like Amar Nonu who who has a can run those lines, but also has a, a really crisp sort of long passing game as well, which is something which I would have liked to have uh, maybe developed in time. But now uh, the lines are something that I really enjoyed, and uh, yeah. Well, I was watching. Uh, I was paying sort of attention. <laughs> Paddy, uh, away from the field again, you're uh, recently engaged. I have uh, sort of saw on social media some months back, so an exciting time. Yeah, it is, mate. It's uh, yeah, really exciting getting married uh, in, in Cape Town in December. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, um, yeah, I guess just a, a really, um, I don't know, sort of not a new start, but a, just a really different chapter um, in my life with the rugby obviously coming to an end and um, a lot of exciting things happening. So, yeah, I, I didn't really spend too much time wallowing about the rugby. I think there's there's too much life to live and that was just a small uh, part of it, which I was I was very thankful for and sort of looking forward to what the rest has to offer now. As, as your was, twin brother... What was wrong with Manly Beach? <laughs> <laughs> well, the pool of Lake Valley Griffin is just too strong. Eventually, that catch more people will too. Good uh, no, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not too bad at times. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. 
Paddy, uh, with with a bit more time in your hands, well, maybe not. Uh, as, as your brother, who uh, who has a um, has a band, has he got you to do a bit of um, you know a, a, a bit of carting of uh, uh, gear around the place for him? Have you have you checked out his um, his, his band of recent times? They're uh, they're uh, they're trying to rival the uh, the Wiggles, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, and they're uh, they're doing it really well. So they're called the the Zoo Boys. Uh, boys with a Z at the end there. Yeah, I think far too good to, to be having me anywhere near the group, but yeah, I'm happy to uh, move a few drums and, and do a few things. Uh, yeah, I really love to, to see them perform and, and the kids always enjoy it. So it's, yeah, no, it's great. Well, the, the great thing is that rugby's given you your, basically, I guess in a way it's given you your partner because of South Africa and uh, in life. And it's also given you so many wonderful connections. And I think your family's been, you know, knowing your family, uh, they've been so proud of you. Uh, yeah, they've been unreal. Um, I think it's always um, hard for, for parents to watch, especially um, after having serious injuries. So, um, yeah, they've been so supportive from the days of, of waking up early and, and dropping me to, to Rat Park and dropping me to, to St. Wishes training and early Waratahs Academy days. They've sort of been there every step of the way and, and my brother and sister the same. So, yeah, I couldn't, uh, couldn't thank them enough for how amazing they've been through the whole thing. Paddy, you mentioned Red Park there. Uh, has coaching come in come into your uh, in, into your mind at any stage? Because uh, the Rats are looking for a new coach. Haig says heading up to uh, heading up to Queensland for uh, for the next uh, part of his life. Yeah, he is. Um, Haig's been been amazing for the the Rats over the last couple of years. I think the place has been uh, really lucky to have Sammy Harris and then Haig in too. Two great coaches who also played Super Rugby, and then were just really good um, team guys down at the Rat Park. So he'll certainly be missed. Um, coaching for me, though, doesn't uh, doesn't hold a very strong appeal. I think um, I, I really like the idea of now of, of, of knowing where I'm going to be um, for the next couple of years. I think coaching, like playing, is is such an unpredictable roller coaster ride, and I, um, I certainly won't miss that aspect of the game at all. And I think the the watching of vision and the pouring over footage was never something which which I ever enjoyed. I think I did it just as a necessary evil of being a professional player these days. But um, I'm I'm very happy not to have to pour over clips now and and go through them in, in intimate detail. I'm a, I'm a very happy spectator. Yeah, <laughs> great to hear it. Um, Pat McCabe uh, from the Wallaby uh, Centre who. Uh, was unfortunately cut down in his prime with a neck injury, but I tell you what, he's got a full life ahead of him with a wedding coming up and a business role with the Brumbies. Uh, and Pat, uh, one of my favourite players, so happy to speak to you. Mate, good luck uh, with Cape Town. And um, you're not moving there, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, maybe in the future, but I'll be here for a little while, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Cape Town, Canberra, you know, Cape Town, oh, yeah, Canberra. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> It's, it's absolutely, you can compare both of them for, for hours. All right, uh, Pat McCabe, thanks for joining us today from the Brumbies. Good luck and, um, oh, sorry, I, I didn't say it right. Casho, it's not the Brumbies anymore. It's Aquas Brumbies, please, Gerard. The Aquas Br- Brumbies, yeah, right, yeah, okay. exactly. Remember when I had the, the start Canberra Casino Brumbies. <laughs> no, the start in the early days was the first of Vodafone Wallabies and Qantas Wallabies, yeah. So, all right. Hey, um, from the Aquas Brumbies uh, in the back room now, Pat McCabe, thanks very much for joining us on Rugged Matrix. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much. Here he is, uh, Pat McCabe. Mark Cashman, thanks for coming in. Well done with the program, too. We showed it last week. 
Fantastic work with the Waratahs program. Yeah, great, great to be back there, Bronk. It's, it's an area that I've done before and I think done pretty well. So uh, great to get the, uh, the boots back on for the Tars. It's great. All right, make sure you pick it up when you go to the next Waratahs game. And, uh, Which happens to be against the Aquas Brumbies, Paddy. So we'll see you up oh, there. Oh, look out. Plenty of programs. March 22. Okay. Um, all right, so Paddy McCabe. Oh, we've lost him up there. So uh, <laughs> see you later, Paddy. All right, that is it for Rugger Matrix International 201. We will see you uh, next week with uh, round two of uh, the uh, Super Rugby competition and more Six Nations. Uh, we'll be checking in with Les Kiss very shortly, so um, can't wait for that. Kasha, thank you very much, uh, and see you later, Paddy. See you, Paddy. <laughs> see you next week. Bye for now.